Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to Never Heard of It, a Night Shift Radio original. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you're so inclined. For more information, visit nightshiftradio.com. So it's been a few weeks, right? It has. Uh, yes, since yes. the Peacemaker, uh, Peacemaker season one. Peacemaker. The Peacemaker. Uh, the, Peacemaker <laughs> uh, the Peacemaker season one finale, right? So mm-hmm, it's been a few mm-hmm. weeks, so it's it's okay to talk about now. Uh, we were just briefly talking about it, but we're talking about that very last scene um, oh my God. with the Justice so League finally shows up and he's like, you're late, you fucking assholes. <laughs> uh, and we get the scene with uh, with Aquaman, who is actually Jason Momoa, and The Flash, who is actually Ezra Miller. Um, and we get silhouettes of uh, Superman and Gal and uh, Wonder Woman, who weren't the actual, who wasn't actually Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot. Um, or Gal Gadot, I think, as she says. Um, Does she? Okay. I I think I just saw a mean tweet thing where she said Gal Gadot. So I think it's Gal Gadot. Fucking corrected. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But but I love that scene where, because like throughout the series, there was the joke of like, Aquaman fucks fish and he's like he's like that's a rumor he's like no that one's actually true we do know <laughs> and in the very end he was like he's like go fuck a fish and he was like that's I hate that rumor I wish that rumor would go away and then nah, Barry is like it's not a rumor it's not a rumor <laughs> fuck you Barry <laughs> I just think that's absolutely brilliant. So it, it's now been a couple of months since this has happened, though. Did you see the Ezra Miller uh, like Instagram thing where he like went online and basically said he was going to murder the KKK? No, I did not. Last I heard about Ezra Miller being in the news is when he like drunkenly went off on some dude in a bar and like almost got himself canceled. Yeah. So apparently, uh, something he uh the KKK like fucked with someone in like in, in his hometown and uh, they, you know, and, and he basically like made a video that was like, if you fucking touch anybody, anybody in my town specifically, he was like proud boys, KKK, like he names him. He's like, we are going, I am going to kill you. I am actually going to kill you. And it's like super like threatening fucked up. And I was kind of like, okay, all right, go off. <laughs> I'm okay with this. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah, I mean, fucking make them scared. Yeah. And, you know, I believe it. I believe it. It was just the wildest thing. 
Kill yourselves with your own guns. Listen, we do not uh, advocate bullying people or uh, telling them to kill themselves, but also, like, fuck the KK entirely. And yes, mm-hmm. they should kill themselves with their own guns. I mean, you know, uh, if if you yourself are uh, having thoughts of suicide or anything like that, please reach out. If you are a member of the KKK, I mean, you know. Uh, so anyways, who's uh, <laughs> that? Theoretically, can still get hope or get get help. There, there might be hope for you, but uh, like in your current state, fuck you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, may- just straight up. Maybe reach out to a person of color and be like, "This is what I'm thinking of doing," and they're gonna be like, "Yeah, because you're a piece of shit." Let me help you not be a piece of shit. <laughs> just, just, just like, a thought. We're just working through a thought process here. Start by not being a piece of shit, and 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 go from there. Step one on your honeydew list is <laughs> stop being a piece of shit. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Peacemaker was great. Uh, what a great series. You know, uh, I saw this comment, um, uh, I think on a TikTok or something like that or, or online. And someone said that, you know, it's very interesting because it always feels like a lot of times, like e- even the Marvel shows, uh, I would say somewhat uh, did this, where it always felt like it was building, everything was building towards a bigger thing. Like you would watch the show and be like, oh, that is adding to this larger universe. Like even, yep. even with the Hawkeye show, which I absolutely loved. I love that it was oh. a better deep dive into Hawkeye. I love that we got um, so good, good character development with Haley Steinfeld and and or for Kate Bishop and stuff like that. But even that felt like it was prepping for a bigger thing to happen, right? Which I mean, at this point, you just know to expect that with with Marvel. With Marvel like, right? There just there is no end to this. Yeah. However, Peacemaker felt like the like it was a here is these characters. You're gonna get to know a deep dive of these characters. And yes, you're gonna get little tidbits about the bigger universe, but they're so irrelevant to the plot. And mm-hmm. you're not you don't feel like you're you're just being brought, like you're just you're you don't feel like you're climbing a ladder. Like Peacemaker season one was very satisfying because you learned a lot about Christopher Smith. And like you felt for him, like you saw him in the beginning, you know, in episode one and you're like, Mm -hmm. fuck this guy. And then the last episode, you're like, I totally get it. Like, I get why you were that person. Like you, you feel for like, you feel his journey, like really harsh, like really well. I think it's taken a while to get there. And I think it really, it takes someone like James Gunn to really like show what's possible uh, in a universe like this. But whereas, you know, uh, DC has taken a lot of shit for like Marvel has the the game on lock for building a cinematic universe totally. cross mediums and whatnot. They have like Kevin Feige and Co have like figured this shit out, and DC seems to not be able to to get their shit together. But Peacemaker and its connection to the the Suicide Squad, uh, which has a loose connection to the original Suicide Squad, like all of these things show that like. That is something that comic books can do really well, where you can have a bunch of random one-off disparate stories that have weird artwork and even weirder writing and like totally batshit off the wall plot lines, but they still technically exist in this larger universe. And sometimes the storylines affect one another and sometimes they're like total one shots and like 
DC really is, for better or worse, they're, they're playing it a lot more like just comic runs than trying to do world building. And I think if they lean into that, less the, the idea of like, oh, everything's a one shot or everything's an world sort of thing. Like, not, I don't need that. But like, play into the idea that there is some loose interconnection between these two, but they don't have to be a full continuity. And I think DC can succeed with that. Definitely. I agree. I mean, you know, uh, you know, coming from a, uh, like a film industry standpoint, it's James Gunn, like hands down. I, I will sing mm-hmm. James Gunn praises f- and have for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think that is some of the problems that DC has run into is that they keep getting people that don't, uh, that, you know, Zack Snyder is known for making flashy, you know, like cinematic pieces, but they never have any depth. I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever watched a Zack Snyder movie and been like, oh, fuck, like that had depth to it. They all look really cool. You know, like same thing, you know, back with like the Michael Bay type things. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, all the explosions are cool, but like I don't give a fuck about anybody. But like yeah. I, James Gunn is the exact opposite. Every time I've watched a James Gunn anything, even Guardians of the Galaxy uh, you know, which which is like the most G-rated James Gunn has ever been. He still writes good characters. Like every yeah. character, like he managed to make every single character have a, you know, a hero's, every character has a hero's journey in Guardians of the Galaxy 1. My daughter and I just rewatched it just the yeah. other day and I was like, holy shit, every character has a character development moment. We see Drax in the very beginning of like, I'm going to kill everybody. And then now he's discovered kind of found family thing. We see Peter Quill. Yeah. Like everybody has that found family moment. Everybody has their personality shifts. Like even in that they do it and it still like sets up, you know, it's still set up the world of guardians of the galaxy, but you still are like that standalone. It just, it was good character writing. Like he's just, he's just really good at that. That's where you need someone like him to take over a, like a Feige type role totally. at DC. Uh, and like, I, I assume Jeff Johns is still helming the, this stuff. And like, what that's one of the things that's really weird to me about the like fits and starts of DC's uh, cinematic universe is like, Jeff Johns knows his shit. Like, he like completely reinvented DC in the modern era uh, for the better, in my opinion. I'm sure there are people out there that disagree. Uh, but like, for some reason, hasn't been able to translate that success to film as well. But I think getting someone who can do a bigger picture, uh, but also have such detailed focus on the characters like James Gunn into that role would really, really do wonders. Uh, and especially if they you know keep leaning into the like weird and wild world of the DC animated universe as well. Yeah. Like the, f- the feature films and the, the series, like I cannot fucking wait for another season of Harley Quinn. I cannot wait. That there's the, the first animated series to make me feel like genuine feelings uh, in a very long time. That's amazing. I, I like that one got me deep, uh, and I did not expect that from a, a, a series about Harley Quinn, like post uh, breakup with the Joker, just <laughs> fucking shit up. Right. Did not expect it. I mean, 
Loved it. Every second of it. Yeah. I So so they have uh, announced that James Gunn is, in fact, doing Peacemaker season two. Uh, and this time he yes. is going to write and direct every single episode. He did write every episode of Peacemaker season one, but he only directed five of the uh, eight episodes um, because he was doing Gardens of the Galaxy three for, for some of them. Oh, I keep forgetting that there's another one of those coming yep. out. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a, a Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special this coming Christmas yep. and then three is the last Guardians of the Galaxy film with this Guardians team. Mm. Um, mm. And it is also announced that he is doing another Suicide Squad spinoff uh, series uh, in in the DC uh, world, or That's at least right. another DC world, but he has not said uh, what it is. The only thing we know so far is that he said it's not going to be as much of a comedy as Peacemaker is. So my bet oh. is Ratcatcher. That's, I was, that's the conjecture that I've been seeing is Ratcatcher 2, yep. which would be a really interesting character to deep dive into. And I think it was probably you, Michael, that, that shared this thing that I saw the other day, but uh, it was James Gunn answering the, the point of like, you know, who, like nobody asked for this, like nobody asked for a Peacemaker yep. series. And he's like, nobody asked for anything good. And like, what, like, what is your point? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I, I forget his, you know, specific examples, but like, you know, like nobody asked for Jaws. Nobody asked for Jurassic Park. Nobody asked for, you know, the Godfather, whatever, like anything that like you consider to be like a pinnacle of cinema. Nobody asked for that. Nobody knew that they, they wanted that. And then it happened and like, holy shit, this is amazing. And I think that that's like people like fandoms, really miss the point on things like that totally. especially yeah and like, I, like again when guardians of the galaxy was announced for the mcu i don't think anyone like any like serious comic fan like that wasn't like like i a die hard guardians fan i don't think anyone was like oh yeah that's gonna work yeah. That's going to make sense. Most people and didn't then, of even course, know who was in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Exactly. <laughs> like, people didn't know who the Guardians were. They didn't know who was in it. They didn't know what their, their importance was or, like, would be or anything like that. And then come to find out they, like, play an integral role in the in the universe. And this movie of characters that no one fucking knew anything about was one of the best in the franchise. Yeah. Like, who fucking knew? So, like, don't come for James Gunn saying nobody asked for this. <laughs> Motherfucker, he will lay you out. Uh, so, speaking <laughs> of the DCU, by the time this episode is out, uh, the Batman will have will have premiered. It premiered, I think, just the other day, because uh, oh, March first. Soon, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so, so the Batman with Robert Pattinson has come out, and uh, so we are film. We are recording this. Well before that, uh, that film uh, comes out. So the only thing I can say is like, go see it if you have interest in it. I don't know if it's good or not. Will it be good? I'm starting to have my doubts. I didn't the first like when I first started hearing everything, but only over the past month or so, I'm starting to be concerned that it's not going to be good. But we'll see. I don't know. See, I have uh, worked the opposite direction. I have assumed from the beginning that it was going to be terrible. And if it's not terrible, if it is baseline, like, okay, I'll be thrilled. Yeah. I mean, I think I'll still have a blast because I think Robert Pattinson's going to be dark, brooding, oh, yeah. fucking kill people, you know, I type, think, but... Robert Pattinson is a good actor. We've we've discussed this before, yep. and just looking at the the rest of the casting, there there are fantastic people cast in this. I mean, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Tano, Colin Farrell, Jeffrey Wright, Andy Serkis, and so on and so on and so on. Like there, are, like this is just an A list cast. It, it feels like uh, I still think the movie's going to be bad because I just I 
I, I, you've been, I, I just, you've I don't, been conditioned to not trust the DC to DCEU because they haven't I, proven themselves to be consistent. Well, here's the thing is I fully trusted the DCU until Joker specifically until Joker was announced. Yeah. In which case I'm like, okay, they've just gone off the rails here. They don't care. Yeah. Uh, and the idea of there being like a potentially a, a sequel to the Joker movie or like the, like the whole idea of everything being one shots and like, all, like I, don't, I just like, again, I just, I feel like they have a shit ton of potential and there are people who could steer them right. I just don't believe that, that this is going to be it. And also, all right, I am Caleb. I am 40 years old. I have been a Batman fan for as long as I can remember from 66 through the, you know, the, the 89 through the animated series and so on and so on and so on. I am tired of Batman reboots. Yeah. I really am. I'm just fucking tired of them. Yeah. I, but I mean, who else does DC have? I mean, they've done Superman to death. They've done Batman to death. Lean it's into not even, Wonder Woman, I guess, but like who? It's not even that I'm tired of Batman movies. I'm tired of them starting the character over. Yeah. Uh, they, I, I heard and, they did mention that they don't, they, they do kind of the super, uh, Spider-Man uh, homecoming thing where they're just like, they don't go into it because you you already know it. So like they, yeah. uh, from what I read, it's something to the effect of like, we go into this with the assumption you know what happened. This is this is Batman becoming Batman, but like not yeah. not it's not an origin story. My yeah. concern is Which, though is that there are too many people in this movie. Yeah, there's there the, are a lot of characters. Well, there's the Riddler, the Penguin, and Catwoman. Catwoman so. we know is a major character in the movie. And uh, Penguin Which, is a major character. Well, Riddler is the looming character. I just think there's too many characters. I think you're not going to get a sense for Batman anything in it. I think having Catwoman as like not explicitly a villain, very much the like the the playful like antihero, uh, like will they won't they Bruce and Selena sure. relationship uh, as like part of what's going on with there being actual like really scary villains. Well, I put those in quotes because I don't know what these characters are going to be like, but theoretically, potentially really like violent, dangerous, uh, you know, super criminals. Uh, I think that that could work, but again, that that's another problem that I have with, with superhero movies in general, but Batman movies specifically is like, how many characters can we throw at him rather than just having like one story arc to focus on? And, you know, if you think about like with, um, uh, Dark Knight Rises. That would have been the time to do that, specifically because the the um, the Nightfall storyline in the comics, when Bane breaks uh, Bruce's back uh, in the comics, starts with him orchestrating a prison break, and all of the inmates of Arkham are out and free, and Batman spends like days hunting down and like recapturing every single one of these to like nonstop to the point he's absolutely ragged. And then faces Bane and Bane breaks him. Like, that would have been the time to, like, let's fucking open up the floodgates and bring out, like, like look, fuck it, Calendar Man. Yeah, Mad <laughs> like, Hatter, like, throw out yeah, all the like, fucking D list. Yeah. Just everyone. Yeah. But, like, if you're going to do it as, like, like, a, like, early days post origin story, like, not every single one of these fucks is going to be out there. Yeah, and that's and that's my issue is I feel like it's going to take away from Robert Pattinson's performance as it's you're like, not going to get a good performance of Batman because they're going to spend too much time having to build up every other character. 
Like, I don't know if this is if this list is accurate or not, but this shows Margot Robbie being in it, which means that theoretically Harley Quinn could be in this movie. But it's again, like that's just it's too much. Like, I that, don't get me wrong, Harley Quinn is easily the the best character DC has, yeah, uh, currently. Uh, but it, it's it's too much. Yeah, it it is. And yeah, like, it's gonna be. I, I would assume that like if we see her, it's going to be as Harleen Quinzel, like as as the uh, the Doctor at Arkham, uh, rather than as Harley Quinn. That's my assumption. Right. But even then, is like, okay, so like that that's how you're tying this into the larger universe. Right. Okay, I guess. Where this is Ben Affleck as a young guy. I guess yeah. I don't know. I, you know, though, uh, the one thing I'm do hoping is since we're getting the Bruce, Selena, Batman, Catwoman thing is mm-hmm. at one point, I hope that it's kind of Christmassy and they're standing under mistletoe and mistletoe, she says, yes, you know, mistletoe is uh, deadly if you eat it. And then he <laughs> says, but a kiss is even deadlier if you, <laughs> if you mean it. I, every time I see mistletoe now, I think of that line of yes. that, like, does this mean we have to start fighting? And I was like, <laughs> I love, I love that movie. I don't care. They, I fucking love that movie. Batman Returns no, was a great movie. Nolan played at that a little bit with the party scene in uh, Dark Knight. Um, uh, the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, uh, it was Rises, right? Yeah, she was in, only in the third and Hathaway. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so like he. He teased at that a little bit, but obviously didn't like you know took a, a different direction with it. Um, but it was that same kind of um, interplay between the two, and like that's the kind of vibe that I want the, the characters to have. And you know, I genuinely believe that these actors will be able to pull that off. It's a matter of like what they're given in the writing. The other side of this is that still looming somewhere is Flashpoint. Yeah, we know that Flashpoint is supposed to be happening, and we know that they're like doing some real like no way home shit where they're like they're bringing in everyone and anyone that they can think of uh and trying to like uh, trying to figure out some sort of retcon that's that's the assumption that that i'm making from the the available information yeah and so like where does this fit in that well i mean we we know that keaton's batman is in flashpoint but we also know that Mm -hmm. keaton's batman is in the batgirl movie that's coming out Mm -hmm. so like yeah uh uh, is keaton older pattinson is keaton older affleck like yeah exactly i which like the feel of the the bat suit that we've seen so far could honestly go either way. It could, yeah. I so supposedly Pattinson did try on all of the old suits, like he did Chris, yeah. uh, the the Christopher Nolan one. He did the uh, the Burton. He did Keaton's. He did actually try on Keaton's suit and stuff like that. So I don't. I mean, I don't know what that means, but yeah, hmm. whether that means anything or if it was just screen testing. They were just like, yeah. hey, we're not going to make a suit for you until, you know, we got this figured out. Try this one on for now. But it so like, happened. If, if I show up and it turns out to be well done and it turns out to have, like, an actual, like, thoughtful connection to the other movies and it feels like a little bit of, you know, a contribution to the greater world building, I will be pleased. Yeah. I will. Because, again, I do still I, – I like the character. I am – I am tired of it. I'm, sure. like, I, I think that there are better ways to do Batman stories without having to continually restart. I, this is part of why I thought that uh, casting Affleck was a little bit of a uh, a misstep 
for the the um, Batman versus Superman into Justice League and so on and so forth story arcs because that automatically puts Bruce at the end of his story arc and you've got to either set things as prequels or recast and reboot. And I, I think that that's just, it's, it's, you put yourself on shaky ground. Now, yeah. obviously they could have done like a uh, Batman Beyond sort of storyline. And I think a lot of people still are hoping that they will. And that would have worked with, with Affleck because Affleck was not quite at that, like completely broken by life, uh, ready to, to pass things on. But like, like he, like close to that. So it would have been really feasible to say like, all right. So at the end of this, like justice league story arc, you know, he, like he goes on for a little while longer, but eventually suffers like a really serious inj injury and just can't, and like, is not ready to like put it down entirely. So he seeks out new, or even like, there are several characters within the, the comic bat family that exist in Damon Wayne. Like, Damien Wayne. Damien Wayne. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but Damien Wayne played by Damien Wayne. But played by Damien Wayne. Yeah. I mean, who is also uh, like in his 50s at this point, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, there are there are several iterations on Robin and uh, Robin spinoff characters. Obviously, there there's multiple Batgirls, you know, Barbara Gordon, there's Cassandra Cain, who we saw in Birds of Prey. Like, they could do something with that character. Uh, there was uh, Stephanie Brown. Uh, and you know we got Black Mask in uh, Birds of Prey too. Stephanie Brown has a, a you know connection with with Black Mask. Yeah. So there, there's ways that we could introduce other characters without having to start over every time. And that's that's really it's like do better. Comics have been making stories for decades, and yes, they you know they they have to recycle, they have to reboot, they have to start over periodically. But like you get much longer story arcs out of those than you do out of the, the film industry. The film industry is very, yeah, we're doing it again now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it just comes down to like they're DC sounds like they're just going to keep trying until they get it right, but they're doing too much at, at once. It's spaghetti on the wall at this point. <laughs> so as a complete tonal shift. Yeah. What was it? You, or somebody else that made me aware that a Pitch Perfect show is in the making. That was me. Yeah. Yes. So they're making a Pitch Perfect show, which is the spinoff. It's going to be bumper, uh, bumper focused, where he goes and ends up being big in Germany. He gets uh, man. I forget the character name, but Flula Borg's character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just I love him so much. Yep, from Flula Das Sound Machine. Just fucking brilliant actor, uh, who like just. Will explore every space you give him. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he was in, speaking of uh, DCEU. He was in the Suicide Squad. He is um, yep. pole guy. What was he? Javelin. Yeah, I think yeah, so. He's javelin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is which is great. Yeah, that's going to be super interesting to see uh, um, because like. Yeah, Pitch Perfect 3, uh, Pitch Perfect took a very weird turn and Pitch Perfect 3 saw the ending where Anna Kendrick's, you know, character Becca becomes a famous pop singer mm -hmm. and, you know, everybody kind of goes off and does their own thing. So it's going to be very funny to see Bumper go off. But like, as we talked about, like, it's going to be weird to see Bumper not with Fat Amy and then yeah. they have to explain that. Because like in the end, they were like, they got married and they were together. Well, uh, no, I guess they didn't. Because in Pitch Perfect Heather. 3, she, she's not with Bumper at all. 
No, I don't. I don't remember how the, Well, it's time for uh, for another marathon. I, clearly, this is what we're doing. When you <laughs> when you come uh, <laughs> next week, we'll, yes. we'll just watch Pitch Perfect all day. But um, yeah, so I, I hope that Rebel Wilson uh, uh, makes an appearance. I, I feel like it would be a, a disservice to everyone if she doesn't. Yeah, and you know, I mean, uh, not uh, this isn't a body shaming thing at all, but uh, she is no longer fat. She is actually, uh, she is very, very like thin shaped now. So like, I haven't. It would be a really I hard. Seen it recently. Yeah, if you look at, she's lost a crap ton of weight. She got in a whole bunch of shape uh, into more of a uh, of a uh, of the of a thinner frame. Let's say again, no way body shaming. You know, be yeah. be the size you are. That's comfortable for you. Um, but the character was called Fat Amy. They'll have a hard time calling her that because she does not fit that character anymore. <laughs> yeah, like she's that's lost true. a lot of weight. So yeah, uh, so that'll also be interesting, and I think that could also be really funny to be like, yeah, Fat Amy uh, lost a lot of weight and you know decided to go date models or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. It could be funny to have that happen. Um, Michael, there's there's one more. Uh, elephant in the room, so to speak, that uh, I, I feel like we need to address uh, before we, we close this this bonus episode out. Yeah. And that's, uh, tomorrow's a big day. Tomorrow, as of, as of the day this episode drops tomorrow, not tomorrow for us, because tomorrow for us is just fucking Sunday. I mean, tomorrow for me is uh, I'm going to see Jojo Siwa with my daughter. Oh, that's true. In concerts was that kind is a big of a day. big day, but not as big as tomorrow is the four-year anniversary of the Never Heard of It podcast. Four years we've been doing this show. (sighs) New episodes every single week. And for the past year, we've been doing two episodes a week. Two episodes a week for a a fourth of this whole uh, series. We have have done a lot of of sitting here talking. Talking about movies. Yeah. Talking about TV. Talking about games. Talking a lot of shit. Talking, a talking lot about making our own movie, nightshiftradio.com slash Somnium. Yeah, uh, donate now, please. We need to pay actors and crew. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, four years. Four full Several, years. 300 uh, plus uh, actual episodes. Uh, the, the, we're, we're about to, this, this weekend will be our, our 218th numbered episode. Uh, but over 300 episodes released. And we are we're we're launching straight into to year five with no loss of momentum, and this is just so strange. I I, uh, I played the the trailer for our upcoming short film uh, Somnium for my boss the other day. He's like, "How do you have time, man?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like, listen, I don't, <laughs> and that's the point. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I also played it uh, for for my bosses, and they were like, "This is so cool!" and they were really excited about it. and And they know that you know when we have this podcast or this media company, I should say, because we don't just do podcasts. And it's they were true. just like, "How do you sleep?" <laughs> and I was like, "Don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't have time sleep. What is what is sleeps?" Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, uh, thanks a lot for, for coming along this journey with us for four years. Uh, you know, we start year five this Sunday with a brand new episode. Uh, the name of the movie is ride the Eagle. Uh, it's a Jake Johnson film. It's available on Hulu. Um, Mm -hmm. so if you're the type of person that watches movies before we review them, that's where you can go and watch them. If not, 
we got a brand new episode on Sunday where we're reviewing Ride the Eagle, Jake Johnson's film over on Hulu. Uh, so there it is, everyone. Thanks a lot for joining us. We super appreciate it. All the links and stuff are down below. You know, if, if, if you've been with us for the four years, you know all of them. If you're somewhat new, click those links, give us follows, subscribes, do the, do the whole spiel. We're here every week dropping cool new movies or crazy new movies for you. Uh, a little of both for seemingly the next four years. So we'll uh, we'll we'll be here. So there it for is. Sure <laughs> well. uh, uh, thanks a lot for listening, and we will see you on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. father's tragic past, hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month we bring a new short story to life in a full cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.